Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show back from vacation and uh, glad to be back on the microphone. Uh, Maybe a little congested today. I got some sort of a bug. My wife had it for about a week. She was literally off work for a couple days because of this. And I got it, and I uh, managed to defeat the major symptom of it in about 24 hours. And I attribute that to a stronger immune system because I had COVID, uh, and my immune system fought it off successfully. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thank you very much. All right, so uh, a lot of stuff to get to, including my uh, New Year's wish uh, and plea for sanity. I'm going to get to that uh, very shortly here on the show. But this week we are told that uh, uh, Elon Musk is going to release what he's calling the Fauci Files. It appears, and uh, I said this a long time ago, that the government has been playing us with regard to everything. Every time that you felt something felt a little askew, maybe on January the 7th, and you're like, January 7th, 2020, you're like, man, the, the, uh, the coverage of this thing is really over the top. They're making it sound like uh, it was the worst attack on the Capitol uh, since the, uh, the War of 1812, and uh, they reopened the building two hours later. It's weird. How is that possible? There's $100 million worth of damage in there. How could you reopen that building two hours later? What, what, really? What about uh, uh, the uh, you know hundred million dollars worth of damage? How were people able to just go up with a little uh, hammer like the one that uh, that uh, Andy Dufresne used in uh, Shawshank Redemption? Just tap out the glass on one of those windows in front of the Capitol, which was supposed to be the most secure building in the world. Just tap out one of those and reach in there and unlock it. How is it that so many police just let people in? Just let people in on on January the sixth. Why is that? It's kind of weird. Then we find out that Nancy Pelosi uh, apparently. Um, well, she was very involved in this. This is uh, Rogan O'Handley talking to Stephen, uh, Steve Bannon over the weekend about uh, January the 6th and Nancy Pelosi essentially uh, leaving um, the Capitol Police out to dry. She did nothing to secure the Capitol, even though she knew something was going to happen on January the 6th. And it appears, and I believe my opinion, that she precipitated it. Yeah, I think this has flown under the radar. I think it's one of the most explosive stories of 2022. Basically, while the January 6th Clown Committee was hogging all the airwaves, Republicans, including Jim Jordan, uh, Troy Nels, and others, were actually conducting a investigation in the background about the January 6th security precautions. And what they found and proved, what we all suspected, was that Pelosi staffers were purposely lowering security measures. Reichstag. Excuse me. <laughs> the little cough there. Almost sounded like I said Reichstag. 
Yeah, I said Reichstag. Via text message and email with the U.S. Capitol Police Board to make it uh, look like the Capitol was secure, but it obviously ended up not being secure. It is massively explosive. Now, this does not take away any of the you know blame from some people that got violent and whatever, but Pelosi was in charge of security. She absolutely failed, and she got caught red-handed. Yeah, there you go. It's like so many things that you've been lied to about. How can you depend on any government narrative the last two years? Uh, the thing is, you can't. You cannot trust the government about anything. If they say there are no election improprieties, uh, don't believe that. You know opposite is true. If you say that uh, you, uh, you, uh, don't, you want to know where the, the Wuhan virus came from, uh, you know, that the Chinese government is responsible. The government says you can't say that uh, the Chinese government is responsible. Why not? Why can't I have that opinion? Why was that taken away from me in the last two years? Who's paying for this? It's all been insane. It's all obvious to see. And people in power shut down people using common sense and research who just wanted to have an opinion. Ridiculous. Clay Travis wrote this piece. Uh, the biggest story of 2022 was Elon Musk's $44 billion purchase of Twitter and Musk's subsequent unveiling of private communications from inside the company as part of the Twittergate files. And he's right. Elon Musk uh, demonstrated unholy and unconstitutional trifecta of collusion between big tech, government, big media. What I tell you, big tech, government, big media says that what you believe is misinformation. It means that they know you know the truth. And here's Clay Travis, number one talk show host in America, uh, two years after I said that, repeating it in his column. And I like Trey. Uh, I like him. Don't get me wrong. I like Clay. The ongoing revolution, uh, revelations of the big rig inside big tech, big government, and big media make Watergate look like jaywalking. But it wasn't just the exposure of these internal documents that made these stories the biggest of 2022. It was the media silence that ensued upon these exposures at CNN, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, ABC, The Washington Post, and The New York Times. And you know what? None of them matter anymore. None of them hold any sway anymore, particularly ABC, CBS, and NBC. Dear God. And, and NPR, by the way, which is losing its sponsorships and uh, suffering financially. Yay. Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Musk's purchase of Twitter and Bezos' purchase of, purchase of the Washington Post provide a perfect window into our modern media era. In particular, why is Musk willing to pursue truth no matter what the consequences might be to his own personal brand and his own companies, while Bezos seems afraid of antagonizing the woke propagandists inside his own company and doesn't insist that his company cover the biggest story of our lives? That's the difference there. We have uncovered the biggest political scandal of our lives. Someone at the FBI rigged the 2020 election for Joe Biden as well. This is uh, according to uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Travis, Clay Travis. I can't impress upon you how staggering uh, of a story this is. It is the biggest political story of our lives, yours too. But what happens is the biggest story of our lives occur, and many of the legacy media choose to ignore it. It's remarkable. Think about this. Think about this. And this is fairly obvious. December of 2019, the FBI took possession of Hunter Biden's laptop. Okay? October of 2020, nearly 10 months later, the FBI, because they had Rudy Giuliani under what was likely illegitimate surveillance due to uh, trumped-up warrants, knew the New York Post was prepared to publish the Hunter Biden laptop revelation story. 
But the night before the publication of the New York Post story, the FBI briefed Twitter and other big companies that Russian disinformation involving Hunter Biden's laptop was going to be published. That is, the FBI, despite having the opportunity to review, analyze, and study Hunter Biden's laptop to affirm its validity for over a year, nearly a year after taking possession of that laptop, actively spread their own disinformation that the Hunter Biden laptop was not real. Twitter and other big tech companies censored the story, helping ensure Joe Biden's election in 2020. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Mark Zuckerberg sunk $420 million of his own money into unmanned ballot boxes in the battleground states around the country. And election laws were changed without state legislatures. And uh, the vote count stopped on the night of uh, election in 2020 and didn't start again until the next morning when Joe Biden had uh, exclusively millions of votes come in for him. Other than that, nothing to see there. You can't have opinion on it. Why is the single most important question of 2023 is this. Who ordered the code red inside the FBI? Because remember, the top FBI employees knew the Hunter Biden laptop was real, yet allowed a multi-month disinformation campaign to claim the laptop wasn't real. It's possible the FBI agents briefing the big tech executives about the threat of the Hunter Biden laptop did not know the truth about the Hunter Biden laptop because they hadn't been involved in that investigation and were acting on orders from superiors. But top FBI officials knew the laptop was 100% authentic, ordered and or permitted this disinformation campaign to exist. The FBI knew it. People need to go to jail for it. That's all there is to it. Here is uh, Kamala Harris, our, our vice president, who is dumb as a box of rocks without the box or without the rocks, I should say. All of this uh, this government uh, uh, shutdown of freedom of speech is based on what they consider to be misinformation and disinformation, a.k.a. disinformatia, as uh, coined by Joseph Stalin in 1923. Here is your, uh, your border czar, who has done nothing to make the border more secure. Also a space, I think she's like the space czar. So you figure out what that means exactly. She hasn't done anything for that either. But here she is talking about her concern over misinformation and disinformation. I think about the issue um, a bit differently, which is my deep and profound concern. Nothing you have to say is either deep or profound, and also none of your thoughts are as well. About how misinformation and disinformation has infiltrated. Um, Why is it that no one ever heard the words misinformation and disinformation until the 2020 election? Why is that? Information streams in our country. For example. She almost speaks like she has some sort of authority or knowledge. She also only just has the words. For the four years that I was a member of the United States Senate, I was a member of the Senate Intelligence Committee. She was on an intelligence committee. I know. Ironic. And I was actively involved in an investigation we did of Russia's interference in the 2016 election. Which didn't happen, which was actually created by the FBI, the Hillary Clinton campaign, and the DNC. We produced a report, both a classified report and a public report. And they were all shot down. What that report tells you is there was a profound amount of intentional um, disinformation and misinformation. It was all a lie. It's all been exposed as an absolute lie. But she's still trying to parrot it. And you know, the thing is, you're not buying it, are you? Are you? It's kind of funny. You can't have a 
differing opinion still on the 2020 election. You can't. That's in the past, right? And they're working on doing the same thing to Carrie Lake's uh, uh, supposed defeat in Arizona. Just, just put it behind us. There's nothing to look at here. Let it go. The day we do that is the day it's over. The day that we just say, okay, you know what? There's nothing we can do about it. We're just tired. We're tired of the debate. We're tired of this. Just let them have their victory. Bull crap. University is uh, stonewalling the release of public records on federal censorship collusion. The University of Washington, Washington, facing several public records requests in the wake of Just the News reporting on its Center for an Informed Public's role in the DHS-backed private consortium intended to squelch purported election misinformation. Why would they do that? Oh, would it be that maybe the uh, Democrat Party has uh, a deep and uh, very involved and well-funded uh, capability to uh, to harvest votes around the country and throw elections? And if you question that, it has to be declared verboten. Could that be it? Yeah, of course it is. Nonprofit watchdog group Protect the Public's Trust filed two Washington Public Records Act lawsuits this week, compelling, uh, seeking to compel the a faster UW turnaround for Director Kate Starbert's communications with the Election Integrity Partnership and with outside participants, including government entities. What this means is that uh, the uh, the government was involved, like I said, with uh, with big tech platforms, not only to censor COVID information, but also any disagreement with regard to election integrity. As far as Democrats are concerned, as far as the disinformation uh, uh, proponents are concerned, uh, election fraud never happens. And if you believe that, you're an idiot. Let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Driving snowflakes and candy aisle kids crazier every day. It's The Rob Carson Show. I saw this headline this morning. I thought it was funny. Kamala Harris is requiring COVID tests for anyone over two to participate in the Senate swearing-in photos. There you go. So uh, Kamala Harris requiring any senator, family member, or group of a senator wishing to take a photo with her at Tuesday's swearing-in ceremony for the new Congress to have a negative coronavirus test. Wow. I mean, seriously. Uh, uh, Let's see. On the fence about getting a COVID vaccine and the only thing that would convince you to do it is getting a picture with Kamala Harris. I think I'll skip the vaccine. Thank you very much. Uh, the sergeant, uh, the Senate Sergeant at Arms Protocol Office blasted out a message on Tuesday or Thursday to all Senate offices noting that Harris's office is requiring the coronavirus test before taking photos with the vice president. I have a feeling the vice president is going to be standing by herself most of the night, by the way. Just ridiculous. Oh, you know what? It, you know what it's time for? I think it's time for the very first song parody of the new year. Jim Gossett, ladies and gentlemen. Happy New Year. This is about uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter. News from him coming up. There is a louse that you have seen. And this louse is Biden's son. (laughs) If Hunter told truth about pop the big guy would be done come on congress do something about it now hunter was a navy man till he failed that drug test then making money off his daddy's name became 
his crooked quest. Now he's got a lot of skill. Now Hunter's made his millions. And he took from everyone. 30 million just from the Chinese. Doing drugs and strippers too. Yeah. And it's loud as Joe Biden's son. So now, uh, in case you didn't know, London Alexis Roberts is the stripper. <laughs> this is still, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to believe when you think about it, uh, that it's real. But it's real. It's really, really real, despite the FBI saying it wasn't. Uh, this guy, the, the son of the president, who's done nothing but uh, sell influence, uh, sell getting close to the, uh, the president of the United States, uh, the vice president of the United States, uh, et cetera. He literally uh, was so high out of his mind that he dropped a laptop off to have it repaired and then forgot about it completely. Uh, with all of, I mean, it, it just writes itself. It's so perfect. It's just so perfect that he was so drunk or high and completely uh, wasted out of his mind that he would not only take pictures of himself with strippers and getting high and falling asleep with a crack pipe in his mouth and keeping it on a laptop, which shows you, I mean, what kind of a person this man is. I don't care what, uh, what addiction. The man is a sick Sick individual. He's really freaked out in the head. I mean, really messed up. You can blame addiction all you want, but you know what? Addiction don't uh, don't manifest it in the same way as with the Bidens. Dear God, they're corrupt. London Alexis Roberts, the mother of Hunter Biden's five children, one of Hunter Biden's five children, has asked a court in Arkansas to change her daughter's name to Biden. I think this is sad. First of all, the Biden family, including Hunter, uh, reportedly never met Navy. Though she was born in August of 2018 to Roberts, a stripper at the uh, club Hunter used to frequent. The name petition was uh, filed Tuesday by Roberts after Hunter, the president's son, asked no, uh, asked to have child support payments adjusted in September because his financial circumstances had undergone a substantial material change. Well, wait a minute. He's a really talented lawyer. Why would he not be able to make a living? Oh, he never actually did anything. Uh, he just sold proximity to his father. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the mother said that uh, Navy would benefit from carrying the Biden family name, adding that the name is now synonymous with being <laughs> well-educated, successful, financially acute, and politically powerful. <laughs> the filing adds that Navy remains estranged from the Biden family. It suggests that his misconduct or neglect can be rectified by giving her the Biden name. I think it's sad and pathetic. It's another poor life choice by London Alexis Roberts. And, you know, I know that I took a little heat over uh, the weekend because I said that uh, Hunter, L L London Alexis Roberts is not a victim of this. Uh, no woman in, in her uh, right mind becomes a stripper, honestly, seriously, becomes a stripper and then has sex with a crack-addled uh, son of a politician, unprotected sex in a club. You made some really, really, really piss-poor life decisions if you ended up in that situation. But she didn't have a choice. It was the only thing she could. You don't have to work as a stripper. Dear God, are you out of your mind? Robert's legal team wants a list of everywhere Biden has lived for the past 10 years. Vehicles he's owned and other evidence of his well-established history of lavish lifestyle. The little girl is being raised by uh, the, her mother in Arkansas Navy, who bears striking resemblance to a young hunter, does not have access to Secret Service protections like the rest of the Bidens do. I think it's really sad and pathetic. Um, and I'll tell you, as a, as a kid whose father left him at seven years old, um, it is terrifically terrifically trying 
uh, and and I can't even imagine uh, having a father um, who would deny you even exist. I uh, I had this happen to me. Like I said, my dad left when I was seven. He just walked out the door. I remember the night that he left, he slammed the door. The glass flew back at us. Never saw him again, and I never understood it. I tortured myself. It ultimately drove my brother to an early grave at 38 years old. And I hope this little girl, this uh, little Navy Roberts, can have a decent life and her mother can pull her head out of her rear end. All right, so coming up, my uh, New Year's wish and plea for sanity. And then uh, we'll get into this George Santos story. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, his uh, vying for the Speaker of the House, among other things, and your phone calls at 800-922-6680. It's the Rob Carson Show. first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com the left has been waging a war on America for decades. That's not right. It's not fair. And we're quite simply not going to take it anymore. Honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show. Am I the only person who couldn't find Zycam this weekend? I mean, seriously. It was it was a little nuts. I, uh, I'm uh, back from vacation. Enjoyed a very nice time in... Uh, well, pretty much it was a staycation. I stayed at home, although I did go see uh, the family, my wife's side of the family in uh, southern Missouri, and I had a, uh, a very glorious time. I had a really wonderful time. I hope you had a, a great time with your family. This weekend, going to the Iowa side of the family. Yeah, that should be uh, a lot of fun. But I hope you had a, uh, a, nice, uh, a nice vacation. And I waited until the last day of my vacation to get sick. And I, I don't know what this is all about, to be quite honest. There's been a good deal of, uh, of discussion about uh, people getting sick because of flu or whatever. And maybe it's because of the COVID and the this and the that and because of the COVID restrictions. and the, I don't know. All I know is that I got sick this weekend. I, it's almost completely over compared to what I said yesterday. My wife had it for a week. And I'm saying that my uh, boosted immune system without a COVID vaccine... And I, and I made it through COVID without the vaccine, and I did that for reasons. There was a reason, uh, heart issues that I was concerned about. But I was able to get over this, and I, and I, think, I think because my uh, immune system was on top of things. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I'm, gonna, I'm just going uh, to say that's what I, uh, I believe. But my wife had it for a week. I've had it for 24 hours. And I, I was in bed all day yesterday and last night, and then woke up this morning. I'm like, boom, feeling much better. I wrote a piece on my, I have a Substack page now. I know I don't have enough stuff to, to uh, you know, uh, involve myself in. I mean, I'm just updating my Truth uh, Social page and my Getter page and my Facebook page and my Twitter page and my, uh, my Rumble channel and my YouTube channel. And other than that, I need to do more. I need to do more. So what the hell? Might as well do a Substack page while we're at it. A, a slightly different version of this will be available on the Newsmax website. Just go to Newsmax.com. Sign up for the uh, newsletter. I mean, it really is. It's a great for breaking news. Newsmax.com, great for breaking news. I'm not kidding. Leads everybody. Really good stuff. 
Well, this is a, a piece that I wrote for Substack and to some degree for a Newsmax, but I wanted to share it with you because um, I uh, uh, obviously all of us are concerned about the direction of the country, and I think we are at a turning point. And I think the turning point is for the better. And I think that the left is doing everything they can to shut down free speech, to shut down dissent, to cover up everything, and uh, continue this lurch leftward. And this lurch toward wokeism, which is disintegrating as we speak. We still have a long way to go, don't get me wrong. It's called A New Year's Wish and Plea for Sanity. It's time to turn around the narcissistic woke nonsense of the last two decades. Here we go. After a year of madness, nonsense, and the normalization of abnormality, it's time to step back from the wokeness panic mindset that has reached its zenith in 2022, largely driven by people with little life experience who are convinced their path to success is much harder than those who've toiled, sacrificed, and died so we could live in freedom, prosperity, and technological advancement that our ancestors could have only imagined. Just because a semi in front of you belches out stinky smoke doesn't mean it causes climate change and change and needs to be shut down. Just because you heard racism exists doesn't mean it's become worse than any point in history. And that is 100% true. We're so desperate for racism in this country, we have fake hate crimes like Barack Obama's uh, library. All of the hate crimes supposedly on campuses involving uh, nooses and, uh, and Bubba Wallace who got married over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Just because your mental state tells you you can become happy uh, is the only way you can become happy is to change sexes doesn't mean it should be pushed in schools. Just because there's a cold snap, a blizzard, a heat wave, or a flood doesn't mean the world is going to end in seven years because of climate change. Just because boys want to play with guns and girls want to play with dolls doesn't mean the demand was created by toy companies. Toy companies merely reflect what kids want. Your paranoid, toy, mm, sorry, your paranoid delusions about climate change and global warming or global cooling don't give you the right to glue yourself to a priceless work of art or expensive car. You may think your side boob shots on the bathroom vanity with duck face make you unique, but you're really just another internet soft core model who gets clicked on by freaks and trolls. Kim Kardashian, anyone? Mm-hmm. She's 42 with kids. I know, I know. The entire history of the planet Earth is because of sexual reproduction. There, those sexes have always been male and female. Your opinion doesn't make mine disinformation or misinformation. Here's a, uh, I'll share that in a second. I've got uh, Democrat Senator Amy Klobuchar calling for regulations on disinformation, which means anything she disagrees with. Back to the column. Being offended is something that should be relished. Otherwise, you're just agreeing with everybody else. Airline travel is not a scourge on the planet. It's a miracle that means you could fly across the U.S. in five to six hours, not three months by wagon, as in the past, and no other members of your party will die of dysentery during the trip. The internal combustion engine is a miracle powered by organic resources, fossil fuels that have existed for eons and were created by God for our use. In short, they are there for a reason. Large social media fallings are largely meaningless. They aren't a gauge of your profound knowledge or uniqueness generally. People also bought millions of pet rocks, invested in Beanie Babies, and thought segways were the future of transportation. In short, arrogance and ignorance are not virtuous. 
things are by and large not much worse now than they were in previous generations. Your existence on this planet is like an eyelash on the timeline of human existence. You can make the most of it or you can play victim. In summation, you can accept your lot in life or you can change it. You can blame someone in the past for it or you can accept personal responsibility for your choices and failings. 2023 can be the greatest of your life or a step in the right direction, but you're the one taking that step. And so that is my little message to uh, particularly to uh, those uh, millennials and or Gen Z leftists. Not all millennials or Gen Z just the left who've been throwing a temper tantrum uh, for their entire lives about how unjust and awful things are. And when it really comes down to it, uh, you make your own obstacles. That's what I think anyway. That's what I think. Here's uh, Amy Klobuchar calling for regulations on social media for disinformation and misinformation. I want you to just listen real careful. I can't make this point well enough today. I can't make it enough today. That anything that the government says is disinformation or misinformation, you might as well just say they're true. They're true. Anytime they use those two words, they are words they have weaponized to shut down truth. I'm 100% serious about that. Can this be amended rather than gotten rid of? Uh, Yes, you can amend it and Mm -hmm. focus on certain kinds of um, speech misinformation, disinformation. And all you're saying is, we know people are going to put stuff on your alleged town square, which has become really a communications company. Your network, other news organizations, have limits in place and standards. And our argument's going to be, if you start making money off of it, if you amplify it, that's a whole different thing. They've already done this. They've already killed uh, uh, the ability to make money for conservatives on social media. They've already done that. Now the only thing that they have left is just to shut down speech altogether. That's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. You've been following this George Santos story? Listen, I I, I don't want to defend this guy. He's a pathological liar. He's a pathological liar. George Santos revealed to be a pathological liar the year he won his 2022 midterm elections to represent New York's 3rd Congressional District. He lies and fabricated stories of almost every topic from his education background to his family heritage. Why didn't anybody get this? I mean, honestly, they normally give a rectal exam to any conservative running, any any, uh, GOP member running. How did this guy get by all that? How did he get by all that? I really would like to know. He said he is a Ukrainian Jewish descent, not the case. Claims his mother died on 9-11. She actually died 16 years later. <laughs> okay. Said that she, uh, he attended a prestigious uh, New York prep school, the Horace Mann School. Cost $60,000 a year. Apparently he start, started there and then uh, dropped out because of financial difficulties by the family. Said that he worked at uh, Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. Padded his resume there. Uh, claimed his family-owned real estate portfolio of 10 properties. Apparently was not so true. Claimed to have a brain tumor at some point. Uh, claimed that he lost four employees in the Pulse nightclub massacre. These are all the things that George Santos has done. Or all that he's lied about. Meanwhile, um, let me see if I can find this here real quick. We've got... Uh, We've got this guy in office. Oh, let me find this uh, Joe Biden there. Hold on one second. I apologize. I have a, I have a, a little montage of Joe Biden, actually. 
and all of the uh, lies that he has uh, said, uh, and he is still, uh, without question, the president of the United States. Here it is. I've written extensively as a, when I was a law professor. He was never a law professor. Been on a lot of university campuses. Matter of fact, for four years, I was a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Here's a story that you told at least three times about Nelson Mandela. Take a look. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our U.N. ambassador on the streets of Soweto trying to get to see him on Robbins Island. All right, while we're coming claiming here, I'll just go ahead and say that I did not have sex with Cindy Crawford in the 90s. It never happened. I know I've been saying at parties for years. I guess the question is, were you confused or were you just trying to... I also never got stuck in an ATM vestibule with uh, Jill Goodacre in the 1990s. That was actually uh, a plot line from the TV show Friends. It never happened. Bellish a story. They think I'm kidding, man. Seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested anyway. But I am a hard coal miner. There he is saying he's a coal miner. Is that is that worse than saying you're of uh, Ukrainian Jewish descent? Interesite coal. You got arrested alongside Nelson Mandela. Would you say that's worse than uh, saying that you went to a private school that you didn't go to? Scranton, Pennsylvania. Hell, I might be president now if it weren't for the fact I said my uh, I had an uncle who was a coal miner. Turned out I didn't have anybody. In yeah, coal- and you completely plagiarized and uh, disqualified yourself from a presidential run because that's what you do. Coal mines, you know what I mean? Really? I tried that crap, you know. My dad was not a. Was he was a salesperson. He wasn't a coal miner. My great grandpa was. But... I used to drive a tractor trailer. Oh, and, uh, awesome! And so yeah, I he said he drove a tractor trailer. Know a little bit about driving big trucks. No, you don't. No, that's great. But um, and corn pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. It's the God's truth. My word is a bite. Uh, he lied to voters, according to the New York Times, uh, quoting aides of, of Biden's about having marched. Uh, Joe Biden. What I'm trying to say, his entire life has been a lie. And here you got this George Santos. I could give a rat's behind about George Santos. If they didn't want to recall George Santos, I don't even care. But when you look at the uh, the den of filth and corruption that is Washington, D.C., and, and the number of lies that Joe Biden has said, and the fact that our federal government has weaponized information, has weaponized uh, different departments to shut down freedom of speech, I, I think that saying that you're of Ukrainian Jewish descent or uh, that your mom died on 9-11 or uh, that you attended Horace Mann School all by all pale by comparison. And if anything, I think he might be a little more at home in Washington, D.C., to be quite honest. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. To all the Brandons out there, we salute you. It's The Rob Carson Show. You want to know why Kevin McCarthy's speakership is in jeopardy? Um, because of what Mitch McConnell has done, because Mitch McConnell is a dinosaur in the Republican Party, and he got away with it one more time. He lied to get elected. He got Donald Trump to uh, support him, and then he stabbed us all in the back. That's what Mitch McConnell does, because he's a swamp-dwelling turtle from hell. This is a piece from Breitbart I saw over the weekend. Uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has worked against conservatives throughout his entire career, and here are uh, nine times he betrayed, opposed, and contradicted conservatives in 20. 2022. McConnell gave uh, Ukraine $45 billion in the new $1.7 trillion omnibus bill, among other things in that debacle, and allowed it to go through, by the way. Could have uh, got a continuing uh, resolution, but nope, McConnell was all in and all done. McConnell pushed omnibus spending bill despite House Republican objections. We know that as well. 
House Republicans argued for a short-term spending bill so they could have more input after the new Republican House took over in January. Now they can't do D-word for Richard for at least another nine months or so. McConnell pulled PAC ads out of New Hampshire, effectively sabotaging GOP candidate Don Bolduck. McConnell attacked Senate Republican candidate Kelly Chewbacca. McConnell defunded Arizona State candidate Blake Masters. This is what happens when you allow these swamp dwellers to have too much power. It's not their money. It's your money. It's your donation. It's your tax money that they're spending. McConnell helped Joe Biden fuel inflation, voted for his $1.7 trillion omnibus bill, $1.9 trillion for COVID-19 corporate bailout. How'd that work out with the airlines? How'd that work out with Southwest Airlines? The $6 billion that went to the airlines and then what happened over the weekend or over the last week? $1.2 trillion on infrastructure bills. Oh, yeah, let's not forget the stupid uh, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Experts predict that, uh, are projected that uh, soaring inflation costs America $55,000 or $5,500 in 2022. That's a hell of a lot of money when you're only making forty grand. McConnell voted yes on gun control, voted for uh, gun control measures following Uvalde, Texas. McConnell voted to extend taxpayer aid to Ukraine again. That's why people don't want Kevin McCarthy to be the Speaker of the House. That's why they don't trust him. They don't trust him. Republican uh, freshman, incoming Republican freshman, uh, Anna Paulina Luna, said a House member threatened her for not supporting Kevin McCarthy. Here she is talking to Steve Bannon about that. On the McCarthy Speaker situation, the RNC situation, for your constituent, what kind of blowback are you getting from the cartel? Um, I got, oh, and there is a cartel. Got a very an inappropriate phone call on Thursday, where basically another member. Uh, this was a couple weeks ago, actually. Another member had called me basically to whip votes for the speaker's race, and ultimately ended up threatening me. And I let that female member know that I want to know the details. I wasn't going to basically be threatened. Um, I don't think that I need to put that person's name out there because I think that they are probably embarrassed at doing that. But the fact is, is that that's not uncommon, I think, to have happen. And ultimately, I'm not going to be bullied. Um, if you are going to negotiate in good faith, negotiate in good faith, but don't resort to threatening people. And ultimately, I think at the end of the day, we're talking about one of the greatest superpowers the world has ever known. That's the United States of America. So to think that these people aren't aren't coming to uh, you know be nice, I mean, I'm expecting that they're going to probably be angry and, and probably act a certain type of way. But again, I mean, as you answer to the American people, not to the jackasses in power. There you go. You answer the American people. You're not some cabal that when you go to Washington, D.C., you can close the door on us. I support her. This uh, UK Daily Mail, Kevin McCarthy's speakership in jeopardy as nine House Republicans send stinging letter warning appointment would be a continuation of past and ongoing failures. Support for Kevin McCarthy uh, to become the next Speaker of the House may be declining. Letter from nine Republican House members stated that electing him into the position would be a continuation of past and ongoing Republican failures. Some of the uh, representatives, including uh, Paul Gosar of Arizona, Dan Bishop of North Carolina... Some other people here. Matt Gates of Florida. Uh, Andy Biggs. Love me some Andy Biggs. Uh, Ralph Norman from uh, South Carolina. Bob Good of Virginia. And Matt Rosendale of Montana have all publicly expressed their plans to vote against McCarthy in the January 3rd election. 
What's going to happen? Well, I don't know the inside uh, track to anything in Washington, D.C. I don't know how this is going to work, what sort of arm twisting or bribery this is going to take. But I have a funny feeling Kevin McCarthy will be the next Speaker of the House. Probably not a whole hell of a lot that you and I can do about it. I can only hope that he, with this opposition, will get that we cannot return to the same old, same old in the Republican Party. In Congress, now that we have control of Congress, at least the House side. Let's take a break and come back. The number, if you want to chime in, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show, hour number three of the show right ahead. We've got uh, plenty of things we want to get to, including uh, the decision by the judge in uh, Arizona to toss Carrie Lake's lawsuit against Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs expected to be the governor of Arizona, which I will not recognize on this radio show. Sorry, uh, it's my opinion. Yeah, it's my opinion, and I can do that, you see, because, you know, the First Amendment and all that stuff. I can have an opinion. Yeah. I also, uh, I also think there were a great deal of, uh, of election impropriety in 2020. I can say that because it's my opinion. I also think that the virus, the Wuhan virus, was bought and paid for by Anthony Fauci and the Chinese Communist Party. And it, and it happened at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Yeah, it's my opinion. I can say it. I also think that Black Lives Matter it was a sham. I always have. And I was right. And also, I believe that Hunter Biden's laptop is 100% real. And and uh, I was right, you know, and uh, my opinion has been right on all of these things. So why should I be wrong on, I don't know, COVID and the elections? Oh, yeah, chances are I'm uh, 100% right about all of it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a conservative effort by the government to shut down my and your opinion on all of the aforementioned things by calling them misinformation or disinformation. Do you get it now? Do you get it, kids? I hope you do. Mayor Lightfoot Chicago will end in uh, 2022 with a tragic figure of at least 723 murders this year. Sun-Times reported, uh, oh, also uh, that uh, motor vehicle theft was up 95% in 2022. Well, who wouldn't want to vote for her to be a mayor again? Yeah. When contrasted with the motor vehicle theft of 2021, theft was up 50%, burglary up 10%, robbery up 10%. Yeah. There you go. 723 uh, homicides currently on the books for 2022. I don't know if that actually, if, we, if they beat that or not. And then there's this headline. Young men are more likely to be shot dead in the most dangerous parts of Chicago and Philadelphia than Afghanistan or Iraq. I've been saying this for 30 years. And it's largely driven by black-on-black violence in inner cities. And I'm a racist for saying the facts. 13 times the national average murder rate, black-on-black violence, inner cities. 60, 70, 80% abortion rate. 80, 90% fatherless homes. When are we going to say there is a problem societally that needs to be remedied? Is it exclusively black-on-black? No. You've been to a, you've been to a uh, you know, uh, 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 meth lab in southern Missouri? Yeah, you know? New study found that military-aged men in the most violent parts of Chicago and Philadelphia are more likely to be shot dead than those deployed in Iraq and Afghanistan. Your son, if you live there, is better off going into the military and going to Iraq and Afghanistan, although you can't go to Afghanistan anymore. 
because of the precipitous withdrawal that caused uh, Afghanistan to plummet into the abyss. You can't talk about that either. Thought you should say that. If you disagree with Joe Biden's uh, pullout, irresponsible pullout of Afghanistan, that's disinformation, according to the government, by the way. Researchers at Brown University, University of Pennsylvania, found that young military-aged males from zip codes with the most violence in Chicago and Philadelphia had a notably higher risk of firearm-related death than U.S. military personnel who served during the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. Unbelievable. The risk of firearm death in Chicago's most dangerous zip code was found to be three times that of the risk of being killed in combat in Afghanistan, four times the risk of death in Iraq. Someone living in the zip code has a 6% chance of being shot every year, a 6% chance of being shot. If you live in the most dangerous neighborhood in Chicago, if you're a young man, all I want to do is end it. All I want to do is stop this madness. All I want to do is save a generation. But in my career, I've seen two generations pass and nothing been done about it. The same people in Washington, D.C. who've been in charge like Joe Biden for 50 years have not done anything about this. The same Democrat leaders in these cities have done nothing about it. It only gets worse. It only gets worse. Oh, by the way, Democrat uh, New Orleans, Baltimore, Birmingham, St. Louis, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Rochester, Atlanta, Kansas City, where I live, Washington, Richmond, Oakland, and Cincinnati, where I used to live, all at higher murder rates than Chicago. So there's that. There you go. What? Do we have Barbara from Baltimore calling for the first time in 2023? Oh, my God. I don't know if I'm prepared for this, but here she is, ladies and gentlemen. Barbara, hello. Oh, gosh, Mark. (laughs) Oh, How are you? I missed you. How are you great. doing? I'm doing great. Don't start me laughing because you were, I, was, I was listening and sitting here and just saying those stats, the statistics, the numbers. Yeah. I know, Barbara. People being murdered, that is astounding. I mean, Barbara, you know, Barbara, Barbara, you, you let me let me say something real quick here. Uh, months ago, I remember you called in, and, and you, you call into Sean Hannity's show, and she, you've got a relationship with Sean Hannity. He's a good friend of yours and your family's, and he's been very kind to you. And and uh, I remember a few months ago, uh, you were talking about electric bikes, and Sean said, well, let me get you an electric bike for your son. You your son? right now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you said, no, I don't think that'd be a good idea in Baltimore, because if he's riding around on that bike, it makes him a target. Yes, yes. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable, but it is parked in the backyard, and um, <laughs> he doesn't get to ride it a lot. Yeah. For that yeah. reason. He's, uh, you know, I just... Barbara, I, I mean, when, when you hear statistics like that, I mean, uh, this has got to be, you know, listen, for most cul-de-sac uh, dwelling, target shopping, whiteies in, uh, in, uh, in uh, cul-de-sac America, this is never a concern. You don't worry about your kid driving, bike, you know, riding a bike downtown. That's right. But this is a reality that so many people in this country face in, in America's inner cities, Barbara. Yes, and, it, and, and you know, and I, I'm not in the inner city, but I am in the outskirts. I'm out here, you know, I'm in the county. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that crime, uh, it, it, has, it, it has migrated out here. I mean, it's here, yeah. and, and uh, we're dealing with it. We're, we're dealing with it. It's not, uh, the numbers are not as high. In fact, I think uh, a lot of the crime is not coming to the counties because of the perception of the strength of the police in the county. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, perception has a lot to do with it because even with the squeegee boys, yeah, Hollabird is a divider for the city and the county. Yeah, they stay on the city side. 
Yeah. They do now, now, for those over. Barbara, for those who don't know, uh, right now Baltimore has a scourge, and these kids who are literally being told by the government to this is this is a uh, I guess an alternative for the failed school system uh, that you can go and uh, and squeegee uh, cars as they sit at uh, stoplights and basically um, extort money out of them. Absolutely, and you know the thing about it is, I had a friend of mine. I saw his son down there. And I told him, I said, hey, you know, he's down there washing car windows. I said, you might want to tell him, you know, go up to McDonald's and apply. He goes, oh, he's making a little money down there. Parents accept this crap. Because I was very, you know, uh, he sunk in my eyes just by saying that to me, that he's making money. You know, my kids are not going to make money doing squeegee. That's just not going to happen. Well, you know, Barbara, this is what they do in, in, in barrios in Mexico City. They sell chiclets. That's the only thing the kids can do is sell freaking chiclets. Or if you've been down near, uh, I've, I've never been to, uh, uh, what it was, right across the border, the, uh, I'm trying to remember the town, but they sell chiclets. These kids sell chiclets. It's the only thing they got. It. Are we becoming such a third world country that the only thing that a kid can do is to squeegee somebody's window and extort money out of them? Are you out of your nut? I'm telling you, you know, the, it's the, it, what it is is low expectation. Yes, it is. That's what they're getting. You know, I called because of Kevin McCarthy. Yes, I'd love to hear so your thoughts on Mr. McCarthy, by the way. Well, you know, uh, it made my heart glad to hear that he's being opposed. Kevin McCarthy said nothing about that, this latest omnibus bill. And I agree with you 100%. His trouble right now is because he said nothing. He said yeah. nothing about it until maybe two weeks before the vote. He should have been hammering. And that's why I, I just I have to take my hat off to all of those Republicans who are standing firm. And one of the things I heard um, just a little while ago uh, on Fox News show that they're trying to get who that second name is. Who is the other person? Well, they're not telling me that second I heard it was Scalise. Huh? I heard it was Scalise. You think it's Scalise? I hope so. I, I would love to see Scalise or Jim Jordan. Dear God in heaven, can you imagine Jim Jordan? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. But you know what I'm thinking? <laughs> what? Guess what? Suppose what? it's Donald Trump. Well, that's what they say. I know, Barbara. Man, talk about Boy, would that, a China closet. It won't, Barbara. It ain't going to happen, but, man, could you imagine the fireworks, Barbara? Woo! Could you awesome. imagine? Yes. I can imagine. Yes, I can <laughs> That's everybody's yeah. fantasy. That's and let's let's face it, Barbara. When I say what is unspeakable, right? Which is yeah. a lot of people would love to see Donald Trump made the uh, the Speaker of the House, and then an impeachment proceeding immediately for the President of the United States, uh, and then uh, Donald Trump step again uh, because uh, uh, Kamala Harris would be a part of that impeachment proceeding. That's everybody's fantasy. Ain't gonna happen, but it's everybody's fantasy. I tell you what, never say never. It ain't all right, no all right, all right. Lady <laughs> All right, all right. How was your How was your break, by the way, Barbara? Have a great week and yeah. happy New Year. All right, God bless you, girl. It's really nice to God have you. It's great you. to have you. Bye-bye. We got some big news. We're signing on some new stations tomorrow, by the way. So that's good news. All right, let's go to Mark in Baltimore. Hello there, Mark. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Uh, thank you very much, and congratulations on picking up new stations. Yes, sir. Happy New Year. I'm a veteran. Caller Barbara is a friend of mine. Yeah. Thank you. We met you when you were kind enough to introduce yourself. To Baltimore's listening audience at Doubletree Hotel on Thursday, the 5th of May, 2022. I remember introducing the two veterans who presented the callers before you spoke. Yes, sir. 
above that, who can be a racist when they simply tell the plain truth like you do? The virus, as you stated, anyone can Google gain a function and put a hashtag after that, a forward slash, go Dr. Anthony Fauci. They can find out the truth there on the gain of function testing that he was a part of. The 6% chance of being shot. That's a terrible, terrible thing. Also, the election was fixed and stolen because altogether now, what we know, we're not stupid and we're not we aren't stupid. stupid because stupid can't be fixed. <laughs> All right, Mark. Fixed. I appreciate it, bro. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, you Thank know what? You. Uh, honestly, there's a, there's a point I'm just going to tell you. And, and, and if you get this feeling and you've had this feeling and you looked at the, 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 uh, the insanity of the last couple of years... And everyone, every day, another domino falls, another truth is exposed. The uh, FBI collusion with Hillary Clinton to throw the 2016 election to say that there was a Russia collusion between Donald Trump, it was ridiculous. It was paid for. It was bankrolled by the FBI. They spent $40 million on an investigation that showed nothing, and the FBI knew it was fake. All of this is coming home to roost. All of this. And it may take a while to get there, but it's all going to happen. And every time that you've been told or every time that you've been shut down and every time you just wanted to say, hey, man, I just want to ask questions about the 2020 election. I want to ask questions about the Arizona election. I want to ask questions about Hunter Biden's laptop, where COVID came from, if hydroxychloroquine will work for me. And all of those things have been verboten. All of those things you couldn't say. When the hell? Did we decide it was okay to say what you could and couldn't say in America with regard to your opinion? We cannot let this lie. I, I've been saying this forever. You are guaranteed your opinion. The government cannot call it misinformation and disinformation and ban it because they disagree with it. That's it. End of story. And thank God there are people like Elon Musk and hopefully this Congress coming in They'll do something to expose this even further so we can fix it. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. So, uh, Judge Peter Thompson ruled uh, elections with broken machines at 60% of precincts and no chain of custody for ballots are free, fair, and certifiable. Now, we all know that uh, Maricopa County is corrupt beyond belief. We all know that there's only one uh, county in the entire country that pulled this crap. And because a uh, Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Peter Thompson uh, says otherwise doesn't mean that uh, he's right. No, you can't say that. That's disinformation. Oh, no, no, it's not. No, it's my opinion. It's protected. And it's backed by facts. Peter Thompson ruled that when 60% of election centers have broken machines and hundreds of thousands of ballots are counted without chain of custody, this constitutes a free and fair election, according to him. Listen to this. Between 15,000 and 29,000 Republican voters were disenfranchised. Over 300,000 mail-in ballots had no chain of custody in Maricopa County. Violation of Maricopa law, of Arizona law. Tens of thousands of illegal ballots were counted, many with little to no signature verification. 59% of the 223 voting centers in Maricopa County had printer and tabulator failure on Election Day. Election Day voters went for 3-1 to one for Cary Lake. Now, I heard one of the uh, lawyers for the uh, opposition say that... Uh, that it was their fault. It was Cary Lake voters' fault for coming out in mass on Election Day. They overwhelmed the system. It's Election Day, moron. It's the way it's supposed to be. 
And you've just reinforced what I thought. By saying that, uh, uh, that, that it's our fault for waiting until Election Day to vote further solidifies how ungodly corrupt I think Maricopa County is and this election was. And why I'm not going to uh, acknowledge Katie Hobbs as the governor of Arizona. And I will support Carrie Lake as she continues this fight to the Arizona Sup- uh, Supreme Court. Bill Gates, who was on the Maricopa County Board of Elections, spent two years obstructing every election integrity effort in Arizona, contributed to a pact that sought to undermine America First candidates, including Carrie Lake. Whistleblowers at the company Runbeck say 298,000 early ballots had no chain of custody. Maricopa County added 25,000 ballots to totals after the election day. Secretary of State uh, Katie Hobbs was in charge of the election. She refused to recuse herself from the election, and the same mistakes, even amplified, happened this election. So she did nothing. The dismissal of Carrie Lake's election lawsuit shows voter disenfranchisement no longer matters, according to Rachel Alexander. Column. The trial court judge in Carrie Lake's uh, election lawsuit predictably threw out her case on Saturday. Maricopa County uh, Court Judge Peter Thompson only gave her two days for a trial and issued his ruling immediately afterwards, even though he could have taken several days. Legal experts believe his decision was ghostwritten. They suspect top left-wing attorneys like Mark Elias emailed what to say. Thompson said Lake had to show an extreme vague high bar in order to prevail that an election official intentionally caused the printer changes in order to change the results of the election and that it did affect the outcome. He explained away many of the disturbing election abnormalities, I should say anomalies, as accidents or mere coincidences. And his decision was only, his opinion was only eight pages long. It was clear early on that Thompson was going to rule against Lake, throwing out eight of her ten claims, which included observer's testimony, that 90% of mismatched signatures were accepted in doing so. He trivialized important good-faith arguments about constitutional and civil rights. The two whittled-down claims he kept allowed him to hold a trial to appear fair. This is what I said from the get-go. They were going to do something that made it look like he was giving it a little bit of thought, but it was bullcrap from the beginning. Now the Arizona Supreme Court will be set to uphold uh, it all because these are fast, specific matters and they must defer to fact-finding discretion of the Superior Court. This is uh, Carolyn Wren of the uh, Carrie Lake campaign talking about what's next. Carrie Lake is fighting for the entire movement, doesn't care if you're a McCain Republican, she doesn't care if you're a Republican, uh, Democrat, Libertarian, or Vegetarian. The right to vote and have it to be a free and fair election is essential for a democracy to run, and Carrie Lake will not back down until this is gone through the Supreme Court. And then, you know what, if it makes it all the way through there and they still say, nope, sorry, we don't agree with you, then she's going to turn around and keep fighting. To, and she's going to fight in every single way possible to make sure that we have free and fair elections. But we really do have to focus in these four counties. I mean, these four counties are going to determine whether or not we have a Republican president. does not matter who's on the top of the ticket. If we don't figure out how to win in these four counties and really either decide that we are going to fix the way the elections are run or play the game that the Democrats... All of the things that I listened to you about what happened in Maricopa County, all of that was out the window. It only happened in one county. Do I believe that Katie Hobbs... And uh, the Democrat Party in Arizona stole this election? Yeah, 
100%, not afraid to say it. It's my constitutionally protected opinion, and it's based in fact. It's based in fact. We're going to talk about God next. How does that sound? Yeah. What is the uh, country without God? Atheism kills. Barack Lurie joins us on the phone in just a second. This is The Rob Carson Show. There's only one Rob Carson on the radio. Oh, thank God. It's The Rob Carson Show. There used to be a mantra in talk radio, you want to stay away from gun control, abortion, and God. Uh, no, I don't think so, because they're pretty darn important, actually. Uh, particularly God, the all-powerful, the creator of the universe, who, by the way, I believe more in every single day of my life. And I, I have approached it from the scientific uh, perspective. I have, I have approached it from the uh, Jesuit uh, upbringing that I experienced as a child. Uh, a belief in it profoundly, and somebody who also believes in it is Barack Lurie. He is a radio host, and he has a book called Atheism Kills the Dangers of a World Without God, and he joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. How are you, my friend? Thank you so much for having me. Doing great, and I uh, love to talk about this topic. It's it's fascinating to me. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I never have been a Bible banger, all right? Uh, generally, when I have somebody who, if I meet somebody who quotes a lot of biblical scripture, it immediately turns me off. Because, yep. uh, you know, I'm like, don't wear it on your sleeve. All right, don't wear your faith on your sleeve. Okay, whatever. But the more I delve into it, and, and, and in a limited fashion, the more I realize that these, are, these words are thousands of years old, but they make all the sense in the world. The philosophers and the, and the, uh, the theologians of that time really got it. Really got it. And, and I think in times of trial and tribulation, like we've experienced the last few years, it, it makes me more faithful than I've ever been. How about you? Well, I, I completely agree, and I'm with you also, by the way, in, in our background. I'm not much of a uh, uh, an observant a Jew. I'm, I'm Jewish, and okay. I, I don't go to synagogue as often as I, I like to. Really? Jewish with the name Barack? That's weird. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just, I'm just playing. The name Barack, by the way, is an Israeli name. It's much more common as an Israeli name. It's weird that Obama gotcha. has that name, gotcha. but that's another story. So, uh, but but I'm with you, and, and for me, you know, I was an atheist for a long time, yeah. um, and then I— I kind of figured things out, and I and someone told me once, and I and now I commend everyone to do the same, which is figure out first whether there is a creator at all, and then wonder whether that creator is the God of the Bible, yeah. right? That's that, that seems logical. So yeah. I mean, because if, if there's no creator, then then you can just get rid of the second question, yeah. <laughs> whether he's God of the Bible, right? So first and foremost, figure out is there a creator at all? Forget about the Bible. Forget about whether it's right or wrong or what all the quotes and everything else. Just does it, does the universe make sense from a random creation point of view? And to me, the answer is no. I, I yeah. think it the only way to explain the universe, the, the way to explain life. And for that matter, the, evol the so-called evolution of life to, um, to a human being with the ability to have abstract thought and love of music and beauty and so on and free will and consciousness. I, you, take, you take the odds of those, uh, what we call the fine-tuning of the universe and life and so forth, and you, it's very hard to come to the conclusion that it all happened randomly. That yeah. just does not make sense to me. So I, I mean, that's, that's a basic, basic, basic thing. Well, and, and, so, I, and I will also tell you that I, I believe, and, and I think as part of your book, uh, you talk about the dangers of a world without God. Without God, uh, we essentially go to hell in a handbasket. 
Right, exactly right. Well, <laughs> and, and that's true. I mean, it's it's a miserable life for one thing. I mean, forget forget about hell for a second. I mean, the atheist will say to you, well, th- there should not be any hell or heaven because there's no such thing as good or evil. So if I murder somebody, in fact, I should just call it killing somebody, right? What's Why is that evil? Uh, and, and therefore, why should I go to hell? The point of why one should believe in God and one should know that there's a God is because you have to engage in the process of homework of figuring out that there's a God for one thing. Yeah. And then secondly, uh, understanding that without God, life is miserable. It, it just is. There, yeah. there, there's no meaning to it. I mean, yeah. the, the suicide rate, the depression rate and everything else that's going on in our civilization today is dramatically correlated, not perfectly, but dramatically correlated to the increasing lack of God in our civilization. It's pretty basic. Now, we're talking to Barack Lurie, uh, host of a, or the uh, author of Atheism Kills the Dangers of the World Without God. I think it's intellectually, I think it's really intellectually lazy to just say there's no God because you're yeah. going to end the discussion right there. You know, it's like yeah. you're, you know, you, 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 you want to question the, an election. You're an election denier. You know, it's kind of not the best comparison. But honestly, uh, I think it's intellectually lazy if you people, you see arrogant people like Bill Maher and then he could yeah. just wave off an existence of God because God doesn't sit in a chair across from him and do an interview with him and i would yeah. i would venture to say that it, it, it uh, is very intellectually lazy to just deny an existence of god and the day that you can explain what a quark is or all of the things that we're seeing with the web <laughs> telescope is the day that you could say there's no god explain to me everything in those pictures we're seeing from 12 billion light years away and then you could tell me there's no god that's exactly right i mean it's it's uh, what the atheists will say to you is well you have to explain evil and what we say in response is, okay, fine, we do have to explain evil, and we can explain it, the existence of evil, but you have to explain everything else. And that's that's a good way of looking at it. Look, I, I, I think that the atheist doesn't so much um, not believe in God. I think it's more that he doesn't want to believe in God. Okay. It's a lot easier for them to do so. And and what I, what I love about uh, making this argument, because I, I know this argument so well. I was an atheist. I can out atheist almost every atheist that I've been out there. So. <laughs> and and, and the, the main argument that I made as an atheist, and I sometimes hear from fellow atheists, you know, now atheists, yes, yes, yes. Atheists, is that, you know, look, you just want the, the solace and comfort of believing that there's a God who will take care of you, that there's going to be an after afterlife and everything will be great. And it's all a big fantasy, and you're just deluding yourself, sir. And and uh, they do the hard work of following science and so forth, right? To which I say, and I respond today, like, what are you talking about? It's exactly the opposite. Yeah. It's so much easier being an atheist, so much easier not believing in God. You can just rob, steal, sex it up, drug it up, booze it up, kill it. I mean, do whatever you want, yeah. uh, so long as you can get away with it, and uh, nothing to worry about. There's no accountability whatsoever. You don't have to go to church, of course. You don't have to try to be a better person. You don't have to be uh, someone that relates well to your children and, for that matter, have children at all. Uh, wow. I mean, atheism is awesome yeah. if you actually believe in it. It's it's utter laziness. Yeah. That's what it is. And I'm going to also mention, you You had talked about how, uh, uh, you know, atheists say that, oh, you pray to your God, he'll get you a job, or you pray to your God, he'll <clears throat> get right. you that or that. <clears throat> I hate to tell you this, but communism <laughs> promises that they will have you a job for you. You'll have your lot in life taken care of. I mean, honestly, right? Isn't communism, isn't that what essentially is all, isn't what socialism is all about? It's replacing uh, uh, God with government, and, and then you learn to depend on government in the same fashion, right? Exactly right. Yeah, you know, and, and speaking about that, so that's exactly on the point. So uh, many atheists now hearing it, this uh, this show are, are saying to themselves, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm an atheist and I'm a good person. 
To which I say, well, okay, great, but why are you a good person? Why do you even use that word in the first place? Where does your morality, your sense of goodness, even come from in the first place? Secondly, when an atheist says that he happens to be a good person, uh, and we're not we're not attacking every atheist. No. There, there are many atheists that I know that are nice people. Yeah. Uh, my brother, one of them, he's 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 an atheist. He's a great person. I like him. He's he's a good person in spite of his atheism, but certainly not because of his atheism. Yeah. But when somebody says to me that I'm an atheist, and I'm a good person. It's like saying I'm a communist and I'm a good person. I'm a fascist and I'm a good person. <laughs> OK, yeah, but your ideology is horrific. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> that's true. That's exactly true. You have a, a line that I saw in your Amazon review. Uh, atheism doesn't just kill lives. It kills purpose, free will, beauty. Beauty is huge, by the way. Uh, most people don't realize what beauty and how powerful beauty is to our existence. Uh, we won't get into that psychological. But think of that word. All right. Just they keep beauty in your the front of your mind because it exists. It is something that exists. Uh, compassion, a sense of the past and future, creativity, and freedom of it itself. So um, that's what atheism kills, by the way. That's what, according to your review. That's right. It, it is one of the many things that, uh, they are some of the many things that atheism kills, in, including actually killing people, right? I mean, fascism and, and uh, communism were all, were both godless enterprises, and they call, what, killed 100 million people, and then, yeah. of course, enslaved a billion more. So other than that, they're awesome enterprises. You know? Yeah, yeah, 100 million people last century bulldozed into pits. Uh, there you go. Congratulations. Uh, what, what made you? What changed you? And were you really an atheist or were you what they like to call agnostic? Meaning that you're kind of, well, could be there, could not. You know, kind of, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's kind of like being a, um, a moderate, I guess, to some degree. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of believes, but not really. So you can, defi- you, can, you can agree or disagree with either side of the equation. You know, it's a great question. I was never agnostic. I was always an atheist. At least I really? call myself as such. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that atheists really are always struggling with God. Whether they're, they're actually fighting God, they're, they're busy rejecting God and dismissing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's part of their definition. But that's the that's what I was, and I was convinced that there was no God, and I felt that everyone who did believe in God was silly, and and like we said, was just looking for comfort. For me, though, the the thing that changed me was when I was in college. Um, I decided that. Uh, I was going to do my thesis, my honors thesis on what uh, is more likely to kill and destroy and, and what is more responsible for the destruction in our civilization, the existence of religion or the absence of religion. You know, no big deal. Yeah. Small, small topic. right? <laughs> I'm sure you settled it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was a mammoth project. Right. Yeah. And I and I got into it. And as I got into it, I realized, man, am I wrong? I mean, whoa. Uh, really? It's, it was atheism that, that killed so much more and, and destroyed so much more. It is the ugly enterprise that it is. And uh, the, the thing that really clinched it for me was the discovery of free will. Yeah. Uh, I, I realized that you know, every philosophy class will tell you this, that uh, if you believe in free will, that you really have free will, then you, you must believe that it's some sort of creator. I don't know if it's the God of the Bible or whatever. Yeah. But some sort of creator gave you that free will. And I began to study that. And I, I had to accept that. And that began to open the door for me to a- ask a lot more questions. Uh, among that, um, the notion of consciousness, self-awareness. Yes. Right? You cannot get that from evolution. It's, no. it's impossible. No. no. No scientist has been able to explain that. And you can't get beauty. Beauty just doesn't happen. You have to be able to recognize it for what it is. <laughs> right. 
as one of the yeah, things. You, you don't yeah. realize, you just think, oh, beauty, whatever. No, 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 beauty is, is something that exists. That may, it, it comes from God. It comes from God. It comes from, and it goes to man, beauty, the concept. It's not the most important part of it, but it is. And, and just and just self-awareness. I mean, honestly, how does a clump of cells, uh, you know, 50 uh, a million years ago, become a, a self-aware being, sentient being, that can be able to uh, internalize, look at oneself? Uh, if we're just an accident, that doesn't just happen. Consciousness just doesn't happen. It cannot happen. Robin, you're so right about this. And this is something that I beg my atheist listeners uh, to to really explore and to really understand how is it that consciousness happens and it, and it just doesn't make sense putting aside of course all that the random chance that you could even have a universe in the first place the way it is yes. that we can have earth form the way it did the, the, and then life and then evolving to use their word into the conscience uh, conscious sentient being and appreciator of beauty that we are now today yeah, and philosophy i mean honestly and philosophy and all of the all of the things that humanity and consciousness have created that no one could have ever in their wildest dreams imagined it i believe it has to be divine i 100 percent do that and more and the more i live the more i realize and i'm gonna share real quick you know my kids i've not i've not been a good uh father as far as taking them to church i haven't i don't like going to church don't take it personally i sat in the front pew at saint pat's church every week for an hour my entire childhood my mother made me get there an hour early before everybody else got there it's nothing against that it's just i'm not a big church guy i i i i let my i speak about my faith and my god uh and the other day my son he graduated from college and and, and i was just kind of presuming that maybe he'd lean towards an atheistic or agnostic point of view as far as faith because we don't speak about it a lot because he is <laughs> diametrically opposed to me politically because he's a college student. And yeah. and he said, Dad, I believe in God. I believe in God. I said, really, you're not in God? No, I believe in God. And I went, thank you. Now you can build on that. It was it meant a lot to me. That That is so great to hear, and I love that. That is so foundational for me. I think civilization, we, we, we forget that the reason why we have civilization is because we have God. Uh, without God, uh, it's a little bit like... Uh, I don't know. It's like like that movie. It's a Wonderful Life, right? Where the the George uh, character he yeah. he wonders what you know. He thinks that life would be better without him, uh, but he becomes to realize that how essential his life was. And same thing when it comes to the existence of God. Uh, we wouldn't have the truth and the justice, the sense of uh, law and order, the sense of uh, progress that we really believe in, the the sense of invention and the sense of joy and and, and not yeah, just it, that. It's but, not about. It's not just about do unto others. Do unto yeah. others is fundamental, but there's so much more to it. Listen, we've got to run, Barack. I've really enjoyed the talk today, and I would love to have you on again. I think your your book sounds fantastic, Atheism Kills, The Dangers of a World Without God. You also do a Sunday morning Barack Lurie show, right? Where where can people find you on social media? You bet. Uh, 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings on KRLA in Los Angeles. That's AM 870, AM 870. All right, All right my brother. Uh, God bless you, and uh, the best to you in 2023. Thank you, Rob, and God bless. Thanks so much All for right, having me. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. It's time to make common sense common again. It's The Rob Carson Show. So, uh, <laughs> this is pretty funny. Um, millennials and Gen Z. It's interesting. I'm a Gen Xer. Uh, Gen X has largely been kind of, I guess, ignored 
Um, we are the last analog generation. We're the last generation to not wear bike helmets. We're the last generation allowed to stay out and play until mom yelled out the door. We're the last generation to not wear sunscreen and have skin knees. We're the last generation to uh, to not have a cell phone with you at all times. We're the last generation to know what it's like to have three TV channels. And uh, generation uh, millennials, every every generation, they're going to say that uh, they're weak, they're this. I was a slacker in the 1990s. I was a slacker. I wasn't a slacker. I worked freaking seven days a week on the radio. I still do, by the way. I still work seven days a week. So um, I don't, I don't want to ever cast dispersions on an entire generation of people because I know there are those who are not that. All right? Like my daughter. My daughter is a member of Generation Z. Because of my daughter, I have hope for my that generation, and because of my son. I mean, I think I raised him right, but my, my daughter doesn't drink. She doesn't get high. She loves her boyfriend dearly. She doesn't curse. How did that happen? In my house! How did that happen? On New Year's, they didn't go out and get drunk. It's, it's, it's crazy. But unfortunately, a lot of members of the Gen, a, a Gen Z generation need some help. For instance, there is a lady called the phone lady. Her name is Mary Jane Cops, Cops and, and she coaches workers on how to communicate. And one of the things she does is she charges $480 an hour for one-on-one -on -one coaching for how to use a phone, for how to be able to talk on a phone. Um, I wish I were kidding. The problem has gotten to the point where receiving a phone call without warning is viewed as an act of aggression among the younger generation. But, you know why? Because they text. They text. That's why I say this this phone here, this thing that I got here, is not a phone. It is a supercomputer with a phone app that never gets used. This is the phone lady making five hundred dollars an hour teaching Gen Z how to talk on the phone. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Cops, and I'm the phone lady. Here's some tips to help you communicate more effectively on the phone. Need some help wiping your own rear end while you're at it there, Gen Z? Well, let's get the wipes, just like when you were a little baby, just laying there on the, on the changing table, just clean you up. Do your research. The most discouraging phone calls you can have are to people who aren't a fit for your product or service. Know that every time you pick up the phone, the person on the other end can benefit from what you have to offer. That's what I keep saying, but they keep hanging up on me. Focus. Honey, I love you. Cal? Cal? On the conversation in your hand. Today's technology allows us to be hands-free and tap on the keyboard or shuffle papers or walk across the street. Now, don't get me wrong. I think this is a complete bunch of crap. Uh, you know, and honestly, if you're so ill-prepared that you don't know how to use a phone, uh, you're going to face a world of hurt in the, in the world in 2023. That said, to Mary Jane Cops, if she can make $480 an hour convincing Generation Z that uh, they need to pay her $500 an hour to use the phone, bravo. I mean, bravo. That is brilliant. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. You know what? I'm going to start charging $500 an hour just to answer the door. All right? So if it's maybe the Amazon driver or maybe it's somebody selling vinyl siding, $500 an hour, call Rob Carson. I'll teach you how to answer the door, open the door, have them say, hi, my name's Bill. Are you interested in vinyl siding? Uh, just slam the door. Say thank you. Bye. Click. There you go. $500. Thank you very much. That is just fantastic. Let's take a break and come back. Uh, this is The Rob Carson Show. 
All right, guys, that's going to do it. It's so good to be back. God bless you. And uh, we will, of course, uh, hit the ground running again tomorrow. In the meantime, check out the podcast. Go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. Let's get those numbers up, shall we? Uh, And until tomorrow, whatever you do, do not catch the stupid. Certainly not in 2023. See ya.